This is Stick to Sports Podcast with Noah and Logan. Welcome to the Stick to Sports Podcast, the podcast where our opinions are the only ones that matter. It's Noah. It's Logan. Logan, it's been a while since we've potted. Like, it's actually been a while. Um, it's been a couple weeks. I think I forgot how to do this thing. Uh, I had to re-listen to our past ones to get me back in the game. It was, it was my Kyler Murray studying film, you know? Um, I think, I, I can't believe he kept a blank face through about that entire spiel. <laughs> but um, I think it's, I for sure uh, like to think that I'm back at it. I'm not going to be as rusty, you know, as I think, I, I think I'm going to be. But, but do you have the accolades that Kyler has? Um, I think I have more games under my belt than Kyler does, in my opinion. So more games. Yeah, I do have more games under my belt than Kyler does. Kyler's been in the league for what? Kyler's been in the league longer than uh oh no, we've been in we've been doing this longer than Kyler's been in the league. I've been playing football since high school though, and doesn't that count? Does it? I like to, I mean, I like to think so. Hey man, does Kyler have a Heisman? Oh. He does, he does actually have a Heisman. <laughs> Does Kyle have a two hundred thirty billion dollar contract? Yes, but this huh. isn't this isn't a this is an episode about Kyler. We're not even gonna touch on Kyler in this episode. So, like, anyway, Logan, NFL training camp has started, so that means football is literally like it's it's basically here. The uh, the Hall of Fame game is a week away. Really, only a week? Jeez. Um. That being said. That means it's just time for us to like really get back at it, get back into finishing out our division previews. And today we're starting with a, a, a division that's very interesting. I feel like a lot of times we, people shy away from this division because they know already what to expect. But I don't know if that's the same this season. Like for certain teams, I know exactly what to expect. But other teams, it's just going to be an enigma the entire season, you know? Um, some fan favorites in this division, some media favorites of this division and some trash this division as well. So Logan, let's get started with the good old NFC North. Let's do that. The NFC North is not as competitive as its counterpart in the AFC, but for sure, you know, um, what, what team should we get started on? The Bears would be first, sir. Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are... They're an interesting team. Last season, they go 6-11. When, in Matt Nagy's final year, um, me reading 6-11, I can't believe they won six games. That is actually extremely surprising. Um, this was a bottom 10 defense in both and a bottom 10 offense. Justin Fields was thrown out into the fire and did not. He was only thrown out after Andy Dalton got hurt. Yes. They didn't even want to throw him out. <laughs> They did. They didn't want to do it, and but I think me and you both predicted that he'd be th- thrown out eventually. Like, was it around Thanksgiving? I think he he um was. Bit, I think that's what we predicted would happen, but a little bit before is when he came out and played. Yeah, um, but this team is, it's it's last season. I guess let, let me just recap last season. Justin Fields goes out, shows promise, but at the same time, what. The personnel he had was, was just not good. Uh, the defense also had a lot of a couple bright spots, but a couple glaring holes as well. Again, Matt Nagy, it, this was his last hurrah, and in his last hurrah, bye. You know, so Logan, how would you 
characterized last season for the Chicago Bears? Um, another team that didn't set their young quarterback up to succeed. Um, I think Matt Nagy's system is really complicated. Doesn't play to Justin Fields' strengths at all. Kind of like, hey, we're not going to help you at all, Justin Fields. Go out there and run the show. And, you know, if you are shit, um, well, um, so I think it's good that they moved on from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. I think a fresh start is good for this team. And I think who they brought in is good for Justin Fields and the development of him and this team. But this is going to be a a rebuild, a big rebuild, because the the this team lacks that high end talent, um, and they need to figure out who is going to be in this regime with the new coaching staff. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely going to be a new wave of everything for the Bears. You know, they're not even they're probably not even going to be in Soldier Field within the next few years. Um, let's talk about their draft. Um. You want to talk about the the coaching changes first? You want to talk about uh well usually the we talk about the draft and then hey, what man. what they brought in. Uh, sure, go ahead. Hey man, hey hey, hey! I was just going by the by the flow we usually do. It's so long. I forget the flow. I'm sorry. No, that's on me. That's on me. But no, we just like for a rebuilding team. They had no first round picks. Their draft was interesting. You know, Kyler Gordon, a corner out of Washington. Addresses a need to an extent, but at the same time, what corner was at the um, available? A lot of the high-end corners were taken already at this point. Um, a fan favorite of, for us, Jaquan Brisker also. Villas Jones, Jones Jr. out of Tennessee at wide receiver. They take a tackle in the fifth round um, and the sixth round. This is just an interesting draft for them, but I didn't really like it. I didn't think it it really it, – I think it lacked just the, the potential, like, you know, star or potentially even just solid player for them. Yeah, when you look, I mean, when you, <clears throat> I like Kyle Gordon. I think he's a good corner, and uh, they needed a corner. Jaquan Brisker. I mean, I like the player. Um, you had other positions that you needed to address, like receiver and offensive line. Taking Velas Jones in the third, or whenever they took him in the fourth. Um, he was probably the best receiver available at that time. I don't of like that crop of receivers, but you would have probably liked to see them address that earlier, but it is what it is. And it's just the biggest problem I have is not addressing the offensive line in those first three picks because that offensive line is atrocious. It is extremely atrocious. And let's, let's talk about what they did in the off season. You talk about that big, the, that big um, move they did is, which was the coaching change. Logan, talk to me because for some, you are probably one of the bigger Everflus people in terms of knowing about him. So talk to me. Talk to me about Matt Everflus. Yeah, so Matt Everflus, he comes from the Colts, and um, those Colts defenses have, in the past years, been, I would say, really good and almost consistently top half of the league in terms of, like, the defensive stats. Uh, He's really done a good job. He did a good job in Indy with, like, developing their linebackers and developing, like, late-round picks and kind of being, like, not stars, but solid starters. So I like that. I'm not the biggest fan of hiring a defensive head coach, but if you get a good offensive coordinator, it can work, and I think they did. 
They the, bring in Luke yeah. Getze, I think from Green Bay. Yeah, he's the Green Bay passing game he's coordinator. He's a Shanahan guy. Yep. So he's bringing that QB-friendly scheme with the play-action heavy. And I think that really plays to Jay- not Jalen's. <laughs> Justin Fields' strengths with his arm talent and his mobility. So I think taking the personnel out of it, this system is going to be better for Justin Fields than Matt Nagy's system. So that gives me a slight, a slight bit of optimism going into next season for Fields. That might be the only sense of optimism that you'll get from this team. Um, in terms of additions that they made both in the draft and in the offseason, they added Byron Pringle. They recently traded for Nikhil Harry. Um, they added Lucas Patrick, Ryan Griffin. Justin Jones on the defensive end. On the defensive end, they lost Khalil Mack via free agency or trade, I forget. Chargers. Uh, via trade. And then they lose Allen Robinson and Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant was big on, for special teams on, for them last year. Allen Robinson wasn't really doing much, but he still was their number one receiver. And now, no offense, you know how I am with Darnell Mooney. I love Darnell Mooney. I think he's, I think he's great, but no. This, if, we, if we're going to go talk about the personnel, Next next year for um for Justin Fields and company it's it's looking very very bleak for him. Logan, is this the worst wide receiver core in the NFL? I think you could say that. Um, any bad things I'm gonna say about this wide receiver core do not include Darnell Mooney at all. Okay, <laughs> okay. He's basically excluded from this because we know he's good. I think he can be that number one guy if need be. And he will be, it will need to be. But all the bad things about this core, he is excluded from. So you look past him, and it's pretty much Byron Pringle is a, the definition of a wide receiver four. He's average at most things, but now he's a wide receiver two. That's not ideal. Mulish Jones, he he's he has a potential to be. Um, in this system, especially that Debo Samuel-esque player, not saying yeah. Zimbabwe, but like that gadget player. But you're asking uh, you're asking him to like be your wide receiver three right out of the gate. That's kind of you're hoping he's good right right away, and you're banking on a a rookie to to perform well, which yeah. is not always ideal either. So ideally, you want him to be like your wide receiver four. And then like transition into that wide receiver three, but he he's he's right out there. Exactly, is literally shit. I, I first off, why did they trade for him? They were gonna <laughs> the Patriots were gonna cut him. The Patriots were gonna cut him. The Patriots were gonna cut him, and they traded for him. So that's just bad management there. And second off, he's not good. <laughs> he can't create separation at all. So I, to me, that move is barely pushes the needle. In fact, it makes the needle dip downwards. It's 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 such a weird move that I think they have a new GM there too, right? They do Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles. And actually a lot that's seems to be the case with two two NFC North they, teams. But... They uh, replaced Matt and Ryan with another Matt and Ryan. I didn't even see yeah. <laughs> um but no you're right they they didn't really do much to help a bit like it's actually weird. They actually did nothing to help. Yeah. So to help like, them. Other than Jordan Mooney, this is one of the worst 
wide receiving cores in the league. The tight end, Cole Komet, he's fine. He is nothing special. He is not like this game change game changer tight end. So he's not really someone you're like, oh, he's gonna be great right now. I don't think so. And then you want to talk about the running backs are a long <laughs> spot. Yeah, David Montgomery had a great season last year. He's he's um this is a contract year for him. Oh so he's they're probably gonna run him into the ground. He's probably gonna have a great year, but I, I don't see them maybe they pay him. I don't think they do. They have Khalil Herbert. Yeah, I don't think Dave Montgomery is one to get one of those like big, big running back contracts. But Khalil Herbert's an excellent backup, and yeah, he can slot right in. If- but the thing is, you have you have these um these running backs. You have Justin Fields, but I don't know how they're gonna get production when you're running behind one of the worst O lines in football. Five is terrible. It's and the thing is, they have no depth either. Like it's actually terrible O line, no depth, and. I understand you weren't working with a lot that you lost the um the Khalil Mack trade both times um and like I get it you're not working with a lot they lose the Khalil Mack trade with the Raiders no you're right those Raiders I, picks did not pan out at all if I recall correctly they turn into Jonathan Abram maybe hey man we don't know what Jonathan Abrams is yet Okay. Anyway, <laughs> no, but, your option, so, so. but no, you still have one of the worst O-lines in football. And then now let's move to this defense. I, I mean, before we go, I want to just talk about Justin Fields because I know <laughs> I would like to see him improve because people, he got sacked a lot last year, right? He did get sacked a lot. Yes, part of that is the offensive line. And, you know, it's worse this year because they lose James Daniels. He was good and you lose jason peters who was really good last year some people don't know that because they don't watch football but um yes offensive line was bad but justin fields also holds on to the ball way too much and his time to throw was close to the top of the league like so he did not get the ball out quick enough and if he wants to develop i think he's got to work on that and he's got to work on his pocket presence and I know it's going to be hard to trust this line, but for him to develop as a quarterback, he needs to stand tall in the pocket, get the ball out quick. Don't just hold on to the ball and wait five, seven seconds. Get rid of the ball. So you, But I don't know how well that's going to work for him with this offensive line, and that might ruin him. So I don't know. Um, another thing too before we even go into it, I forgot Daz Newsom is on this team. I mean, he might get some playing time to be honest. <laughs> and then the wide receiver four is uh, he's probably the wide receiver four. Nikhil Harry. <laughs> it was such a terrible trade. Such a, it's um, such a stupid. Yeah. Let's talk about their defense. Their defense is a is such a weird. It's so weird. Here's the thing, because you have spot people I think on this defense that could be like actually great in this league. People that I think are overrated. I think we had a conversation about somebody the other day. And that like let's first off, let's talk about that front seven. We have Al Kadeen Muhammad, Karis Tonga, Justin Jones. And then you have Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn last year, first off, he what he was back at training camp and he said he expects to be a bear. I don't know if he wants to be paid. He still has a year left or two on his contract. He quietly had the one of the most dominant seasons. 
as an edge rusher in Bears history. And that's saying something. Um, 18 and a half sacks is nothing to laugh at. 22 QB hits. Um, yeah, but you hear that? Uh, 22 hits, 18 sacks. It's a bit of a high conversion rate. I don't know how much he's going to replicate that. He's not replicating that. I know so, he's not replicating that. I don't think he's like this elite passer. He's a good number two, and he'll get you produ- he'll produce, but they don't really have that elite pass rusher anymore. They, they don't. And um, Robert Quinn's probably not going to replicate that. Travis Gibson, he was also – his conversion rate was really high too, and that's not going to happen. And uh, Muhammad is more of a run defender. They bring him over from Indy. He's worse yeah. than Eagles, but he's more of a run defender than a pass rusher. And the interior is just – you're getting nothing from these interior guys, so – I think they're going to struggle to get after the quarterback a lot because I don't know if you're relying on – I think Robert Quinn is, what, 38, 37? He's, he's 32. I thought he was way older than that. No, Robert Quinn is, was like 31 last year. Robert Quinn is – don't do that. So Robert Quinn is. I thought he – well, he's still aging regardless, okay? 32. You're not relying on a 32-year-old pass rusher to get 17 sacks or 18 sacks again. That's never good. Um so I think they're going to really struggle to get after the quarterback. And then the linebackers, you know, Roquan Smith is is a good line. He's probably a top 10 linebacker. He's good in coverage. He's good at running and chasing and running. Yeah, that's what I was getting. Roquan Smith, he's he's one of those guys who's everywhere, like on the, on the field. Again, not really much of a pass rusher, but he's literally everywhere. 163 tackles last year. Um, he could get it done in coverage, but – also, that's another thing too that I feel like this team didn't do in the offseason. They hadn't they did nothing to help bolster their linebacker core. And they didn't really get that off-ball linebacker that can be disruptive next to Roquan Smith. Because Roquan Smith can't be the only person out there doing anything. They don't have an actual real pass rusher. If Travis Gibson takes the next step, because we obviously think that um Robert, um not Robert, yeah, Robert Quinn is gonna decline. They they literally had Logan, I want you to think. So Robert Quinn had twenty-two QB hits. Right. Who do you think? I, I want you to think. What do you think is the second lowest, the second highest number of QB hits on this team? If Robert Quinn had twenty-two, ten. The the second highest was nine. Was it Travis Gibson? No, it was Bilal Nichols. Oh, he's gone too. Exactly. Bilal Nichols, Angela Blackson, and Akeem Hicks all had nine. Yeah, um, uh, they're going to struggle to get after the QB. And you want to talk about that secondary. Linebacker depth is bad. Yeah, the secondary. Jalen Johnson, I need, I, need, I need him to do something this year because he's been my breakout candidate for the last two years. I mean, what are you – he's just solid. He's a solid corner, but solid can corner. he take that next step to be – because there wasn't money – like he was their best corner last year. But I want to see him take another step out, you know? I mean, yeah, you, you would hope to see that. Kyler Gordon's playing, probably going to play opposite of him. I think he's a good – I think he That's was good. good. Yeah. I think he fits well. I'm really high on Thomas Graham. He was a guy we liked coming out of college, too. Yes. Um, he played the last few games of the season and kind of was all over the place, and I could see him breaking out and playing in the slot. If Tavon Young can't stay healthy, which he <laughs> – hasn't shown the ability to do throughout his career. So I like the corner situation. The safeties, Eddie Jackson, 
I would I would say he's a tad overrated at this point because since his 2018 year, which was his like big elite year, he's yeah. been kind of average. He hasn't had an interception in two years. That's <laughs> and he had two pass breakups last year. Like the production isn't there. And I mean, if you want to like really look at it, the last time he was good, that Bears 2018 defense was one of the better defenses we've seen. In the yeah. So him playing on a weaker defense has certainly hurt his production and maybe playing with Quan Brisker um, will help him. That's like, it should be the other way around, right? Like having another reliable safety. Yeah. And a bit of a reliable secondary will help him be better, but this pass rush is not going to do them any favors. So, well, that's uh, hopefully Jaquan is somebody. Obviously, he's. I think he's gonna go in and start right away. Yeah, um, he, he probably will. He's a really good run defender, and he's a he's a, he's good in coverage. But like, he, he's probably gonna start right away, and the secondary is gonna struggle because I don't know how much they're gonna get after the quarterback. To be honest with you, so <laughs> there are a lot of issues with this Bears team, so mainly on the lines. The lines are pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and then the wide receiver core obviously is pretty it's like top, I mean not top, bottom three. <laughs> bottom could be like last spot. And it's it's so sad because let's move on to like their outlook for next season. Their schedule is not doing them any favors outside of the division games. They open up with the Niners, and then obviously you have um, their divisional games. They go on the road against the Pats, on the road against the Cowboys. They play the Bills, and, and they play Philly. Like, their over-under sit, sits at six and a half right now, or six, I think, right now. I think it's six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. I'm, I'm going to have to say that I think I'm going to take the under. I true. I want Justin Fields to succeed, but there's just so many pieces around here right now that I don't know how good they're going to be. And I think this this team has the potential to be a top three pick next year. Yeah, I'm, I also have five to six wins on the like high side. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be surprised if they finished worse. I think they'll be a top five team picking in the draft next year. Um, and it's really upsetting because I like Justin Fields. I think he has loads of potential. But yeah, likewise. He do a lot to kind of help him develop. And I get, I I know, like, it's a rebuild. It takes time. But, like, you couldn't go out and get, like, someone. You signed – the only moves they did on their offensive line were two, like, two days ago. When yeah. When training started, like – Really? You're gonna like nothing in your wide receiver movies, Nikhil Harry. Like, come on. I I'm just I'm worried that Justin Fields isn't gonna be able to overcome the um the lack of talent around him in the receiving core and offensive line. So I just wanna see like at least this we'll see we'll see more of a raw Justin Fields and <laughs> If he can end this season and I, like you see that improvement in his pocket presence and his he doesn't hold on to the ball as much as he usually does, 
I would consider that a somewhat successful season. Yeah. I'm not looking for like eye popping stats. I just want him to like look comfortable in the pocket. Yeah, that's that's all you could hope for for him. Let's move on to a team where I think this is definitely a fan favorite team next year. Um, probably one of the better. I think. I feel like Detroit fans, they've been through a lot of pain in the last um, couple decades. They've seen Hall of Famers. How much is their um, entire existence? Huh? As in how much is their entire existence? Yeah, they see Hall of Famers leave after having great careers with no success. They literally watch their beloved quarterback, that probably the best quarterback in their team's history, leave and then win a Super Bowl immediately. Um, I think a lot. I think uh, it's weird too. The Detroit fans that I talked to say that they that they were happy for Matt Stafford. I mean, why why wouldn't they be? He he stuck by that. He put went on there and performed for the team. That were he were like. They weren't doing anything to help him, so not the fans, but like the team wasn't doing anything to help him. So why wouldn't like? I'm not surprised they're they're happy for him. They go into the season with a lot of, uh, and I don't even think it's expectation, just a lot of upside. Like I think when you talk about when you talk about this season, you you all you have to do is to say upside. Last season they go three thirteen and one. You, we all know what that one is. Um. They had a lot of almost wins, a lot of almost wins. Um, I think they, they, it was a while before they won a game, but um, they go in next season, three, they three and thirteen. They were a bottom five defense, a bottom seven offense. They started the season zero and ten before um, finishing the season up three and two with and finishing the season with a win over the Green Bay Packers. I think that's the best way to win. Um, finish the season off, and then a huge win over the uh, the Cardinals as well. But this season had Jared Goff kind of had to be yelled at by Dan Dan Campbell. Had Jamal Williams quickly take the hearts of all um, Detroit fans, and one of our favorite receivers in the entire draft um, quickly emerged as a very 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 solid receiver even in his rookie. I think he had probably one of the most underrated rookie seasons last year. I feel like, yeah, you had Jamar Chase, who had such a great, great season, but people forget that. I'm... Fourth best rookie, rece- rookie receiver season last year. Yeah. After those top three guys. Like, this season, they have a lot to be um, happy for, but how would you think, what would what'd you think of their last season? You know, I... Yeah, their record is bad, but they were a team that was in every single game they played pretty much. They, yeah. Dan Campbell is a great leader of football players and a culture guy, and he had this team fighting every single week, and I really like that about him. Um, and I think that no matter – yes, their, um, their talent level was lacking last year, um, but they still played up – they still played up to these – better teams quote-unquote so with they added some talent this year um so i fully expect them to continue with that you know every single week we're going to go out there and play 110 percent um i still think they need to add more talent i don't of course of course i'm i'm not 
I think people are expecting too much and they're going to be disappointed. There's still a bit of work to do, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. But Dan Campbell is a guy who can like elevate a team to play better than I think they should every single week. In my opinion, I think what this team is going into the season is a team with actual, and it's the first time I've seen the Detroit Lions have this legitimate direction and a legitimate, like the culture is legit here. I think um, Dan Campbell, obviously, I love Dan. Huh? And Brad Holmes, the general manager. And Brad Holmes, yep, of course. Dan Campbell's a coach where I could see a team winning a Super Bowl with Dan Campbell at the helm. Um, Really steered this team into a really exciting direction, I think. And let's talk about the excitement. Let's talk about their draft, first of all. They had the number two pick of the draft. Um, we kind of knew who it would be um, after, you know, after Trayvon Walker's agent pulled the greatest thing in the world. But Aiden Hutchinson at number two. And then I think they traded up to get Jamison Williams. I did. I don't know, which was, I think, one of the most surprising things in the entire draft. Um, they did get Josh Bastow of Kentucky, a really underrated signing. Kirby Joseph out of Illinois, who we saw firsthand how disruptive he could be. Um, and James Mitchell out of Virginia Tech and everybody else was just a couple of projects. I kind of like the um, the James Houston out of Jackson State. He's a really great um, speedy linebacker. I don't know what it's going to do for him. A lot of people expected them to take a quarterback. I don't think they had to. I don't think this is a team that needs to go get a quarterback right now, but gosh, if they do end up getting needing getting a quarterback in the near future, that quarterback is going to be in great, great hands. Yeah, I think that's what they're doing. I think they're building a team around their potential future quarterback in the draft. Maybe they get one of those veterans that wants to move on, but I think it's more likely that they get someone in the draft, and when that quarterback does eventually replace Jared Goff, they're going to have uh, a really nice group of weapons and a really good offensive line to sit behind. I think they're, again, really on the right track here. I'm very excited to see what happens. Um, they didn't lose too much in the in the offseason. They lost Jalen Reeves, Mabin, Kadero Hodge, Dean Marlowe, and Trey Flowers, which is probably their yeah. biggest loss. Not either. <laughs> Not either. <laughs> um, a disappointment disappointing signing ever since he got there. So I think their losses are minimal, really. But it, their additions do a lot more. DJ Chark, they get from the Jags. It's like a Marvin Jones, DJ Chark swap. What the hell, you know? Um, I think they win that. But um, they re-signed Tracy Walker. You have Gerard Davis. I love Gerard Davis. Um, and Charles Harris. And obviously what they get in the draft. So let's talk about, let's talk about their, their position groups. Let's start with quarterback, Logan. Jared Goff is still at the helm. Last year, he had 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions, but had to be sort of like pulled in towards at the beginning of the season where because he was looking really terrible. And it wasn't towards the end of the season where he really started to actually look like a viable quarterback. And I think he goes in as a starter next year. And I don't expect it to like succeed or do anything crazy, but I don't think he's good. I think he's going to be solid for them next year. People are acting like Jared Goff's the worst quarterback in the NFL. He's yeah. not. He's an he's an adequate starter. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you win with, not because of. But he's not 
dog shit. Like he can <laughs> play well. And once he like once Dan Campbell kind of, you know, literally took shots at him and, <laughs> Which got, and he bought in, I, I think he really started playing well or better than we saw him playing. Exactly. At the end of the season. So I think like he's not gonna win a Super Bowl, clearly. No. But he can win you games and he's not like the thirty first quarterback. He's bit higher than that. So he's fine. Yeah. Right Talk about their their weapons and what running back group is decent. DeAndre Swift, you, you were telling me he's not good as a rusher. Yeah. As a receiving threat, I think he's fine. He's a good receiving threat. I think he his what he offers as a receiving threat is much better than what he offers as a runner. I'm not convinced on him as a runner yet. He hasn't shown the vision and the contact balance that you would like to see from a guy that people are acting like is a the number one choice back who can be a three down back. If he doesn't show that this year, I think the best he's ever going to be is that receiving back who kind of is a, in a rotation. I don't, if he doesn't develop, I don't think he's going to be that three down back. And yeah. He's a good compliment to him. He's a tough power back, solid RB2. But, you know, I think DeAndre Swift needs to really develop as a runner. And that's something also, too, that Dan Campbell has not been shy in um, criticizing um, DeAndre Swift for in terms of his rushing ability. And we're going to see what that looks like this season. But let's go to their wide receiver core. And it is not terrible. At all. Uh, if you don't factor injuries into it. Uh, well, yeah, obviously you're still worried about Jameson Williams' injury DJ and whatnot. And DJ Shark, yep. But um, if you look at this, taking out the injuries, this is a really nice trio, and then a really nice trio of backups, actually, too. So DJ Shark on the outside is a deep threat, and then Jameson Williams on the other side is a deep threat is just lethal. <laughs> yeah. And then Amon Ross St. Brown is like – that perfect slot receiver. He can catch, I think, anything. He's so good in the slot. And those three, fully healthy, that's a really nice trio. And then Josh Reynolds as your fourth, that's really good. Like Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds would probably be the second best receiver on the Bears. To be <laughs> like Quintus Cephas. I is love, your, Quintus. Is I love like, Quintus Cephas. Great. And then Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond. Who blew up last year, yeah. Yeah, he as your sixth guy, like this is a nice group. Um, and I'm excited to see them. And I hope DJ Chark and James can stay healthy. And I hope Jameson Williams can come back and be healthy because this is a really nice group, young group, too. And and not only that, you want to talk about their line. This is a top five line in football. I'm still not sure our boy TJ Hawkinson. Oh. Well, first off, I'm still not sure what he – I need to uh, – He hasn't ascended to that, like, upper tier of tight ends like we all expect him to, but he's a good receiving he's a, Yeah. Dan Campbell it was a tight ends coach. Yes, he was. In New Orleans. So maybe he can coax a little bit more out of him. I don't know, then, but this is a really nice group of skilled players. And, right, the offensive line is – It's really good. The fact that um, Halepa Viati Vatai is your worst yeah, lineman here, and he's not he's terrible. Solid. Yeah. He's not anything special, but he's solid. John but Jackson, this, solid. this line is... Frank Ragnow, one of the best centers in the NFL. 
Taylor Decker is a top tier tackle, and Penai Sewell moving over to right tackle. He really was good last year at the end of the season. I think he made a Pro Bowl too. Yeah, as an alternate, he was really good, and I think he can be, get better. So this is such a good this this line is yeah. It's which makes me keep questioning why DeAndre Swift can't succeed as a rusher behind him. Hey 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 hey, hey. Chill, chill, chill. Now let's move. Let's move to this really deep. good offense. So the offense as a whole is really promising. Yes, it is extremely promising. So, Let's move on to the defense, which has a lot of bright spots, but there's a bunch of question marks there as well. Romeo Quara on the edge. He's really good, actually. He is. Good but then... And then you have Charles Harris, who was actually somewhat okay as a pass rusher um, this past season. Is Julian Aquara still there? Yeah, he is. Um, okay. I don't know how much he's gonna. So like this, this edge group is actually really deep, and I'm actually excited about it. Because uh, you have Aiden Hutchinson, who's probably gonna start right away. Yes, it's very. It was very pro ready coming out of school. Uh, and then Romeo Aquara on the other side, he's a solid, good. He's a, I said he's better than solid. I'd say he's like a, what's a what's a better word than solid? Stud. Okay, I feel like this needs to be a good. Good. Yeah, he's a good pass rusher. He's a good number two rusher. Charles Harris had a nice year last year. Like you said, yeah. he's your third edge. That's really that's nice. And then Julian Aquara, he's there. Josh Pascal is also there. Yes. Underrated. So this is a really deep edge group. What sucks about this team is their Life. interior. Yeah, their interior. Uh is actually shit. <laughs> uh Michael Brockers is is kind of just trash. Michael Brock, I do not like he had 305 pass rush snaps last year, right? Yeah, I want you to guess how many pressures he had. Uh, did he have three pressures? No, a, little bit, a little bit more. How much pressures did he have? He had six, six pressures on 305 pass Jeez. rush snaps. That's awful. Jeez. And then Levi on Uzariki, 184 pass rush snaps. Two pressures. Two pressures. Jeez. So, um, he needs to develop because I think they took him in the second round. Yeah, Aline McNeil, who I have tabbed as a breakout candidate, actually showed some promise last year. But unless those two can develop and Michael Brockers can return to what he was with the Rams when he was playing alongside Aaron Donald, I don't. This interior line is kind of bad. And then their linebacker group. Doesn't leave leaves much to be desired as well. This this is why this is why I say I think the Lions are still a year away, because right here this linebacker group, yeah, it needs it needs to develop. And Alex Anzalone's here; he's a fine veteran. But Derek Barnes, I would like to see something. Continue. Something. Well, he's trans he's transitioning to a linebacker from an edge rusher, so he's still kind of learning the position. So you would like to see more from him. And then Malcolm Rodriguez from, I think, Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Who they drafted this year. I think you should get some playing time and see what you have in him. Maybe these two can be your linebackers of the future. But it's it's not a great linebacker core. It's a position that I still think needs to add talent to. Uh, so this front seven is a mix of really deep pass rush group and kind of weak linebacker and interior um rusher group 
Now let's talk about their secondary. Their secondary is also something I'm very both excited for and looking at like, okay, what the hell? So they have Ifiatu Malfonu, who I love, um, who I think I think he could turn into something good. Deshaun Elliott is their as their starting strong safety right now. He was the Ravens' sixth round pick a couple of years ago. Last year he started like six games. He was pretty productive. I don't know if he should start right away. I, I'm a big supporter of Ifiatu Malfonu there. Tracy Walker was great last year, um, and rightfully so earned the extension. Jeff Okuda. This is. I've tabbed Jeff Okuda as a potential breakout player as well. I think this is the year he shows that he was worth that number six overall pick. Right. And then you, you have the a great, a great, great corner. In Amani. How many would you say good? A good quarter. Yes, yeah, my fault. I'm. The great is is the homer in me, but Ao, give me give me Amani Awarie and his what seven six interceptions over Trayvon Diggs and his eleven interceptions. Because at least Amani, Amani could at least defend. He's a good physical corner and he's with good ball skills and he's an ideal number two guy. I think. Yeah. Jeff Okuda, I he has the talent. I just want him to stay healthy because, like, last year, get, gets injured right away. The year before, literally. He's literally said that Matt Patricia and his staff did a terrible job coaching him and did nothing to help him. So, <laughs> um, and I'm not surprised about that because they were awful. Just, Matt Patricia is the OC in New England now. I saw. I'm really pulling for Jeff Okuda. Likewise. And then you got A.J. Walker and Mike Hughes kind of battling for that third corner. Um, Mike Hughes was okay last year in Kansas City, I believe is where he was. And I guess that's okay. Uh, yeah, Tracy Walker, good. Deshaun Elliott. I mean, do you see Kirby Joseph maybe play a little bit? I don't know. Who was the other guy yeah. you said? I don't know him. Oh, um, from the Deshaun Elliott? Not Malifanu. Fiatu Malifanu. I love Fiatu Malifanu. Right, so that's a little bit up in the air, but Again, it's a secondary that outside of Amani and maybe probably Tracy Walker, you don't really know what you have in terms of high-end talent. But that doesn't mean that the potential is not there. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I think this defense is a year or two away from being a great defense. Um, the pieces are there, but you need to see that development. Um, I think that's what's going to hold this team back. I'm going to watch every single game for them, though, in my opinion. Uh, their over understands at six and a half. You know, normally I would say probably that, but they have a hella favorable schedule. <laughs> they really do. They have the Seahawks, the, the Dolphins, the Jags, the Giants, the Bears twice, the Panthers, the Jets. I could see them winning seven to eight games. I could see it happening. I'm gonna give them six right now. Like, I, I normally I would be like, yeah, six, seven, but like, they play hard every single week. They do. They have an easy schedule. I could see them winning seven, eight games. So I guess I will go over. Wow. Because I'm optimistic about the fact that Dean Campbell's coaching. He's a great coach. He win games that they shouldn't win. I, I think they, they'll. Win, I think they'll <laughs> win a game that they shouldn't win in this season. They they always do that. They did that multiple times last year. So I'm gonna go seven to eight. Maybe I'm a bit higher. 
on them, but like I still I'm tempering my expectations because this defense is not all there yet. Yeah, I agree with you. This is a team that uh I, I don't even know anymore. This team <sighs> the Packers. The Packers are a team that um loves to like put their quarterback in the worst position possible. And then their quarterback likes to do the absolute most until it's time to do what they need to do. Um, I don't, I really don't know how to, how to like gauge this team and what potential success they may have. But let me just start with by prefacing last season. Last season, they win 13 games for the third straight year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers wins MVP for the second straight year. Um, after literally gaslighting the entire front office for the entire offseason. Um, they end up losing to the 49ers in the playoffs again in probably... Huh? They're kryptonite. Literally, they're kryptonite. It's like, as a Packers fan, I would hate them too. And they have a very, they have a very interesting season um, where you had a lot of bright spots, but you also had some clear clear um holes i don't know if they got better i don't know if they get worse but all i know is that at the end of the day brian goodekunz got an extension um this past i think he's been really good for them aside from his one glaring weakness is his evaluation of a certain position but other than that i think he's been really good actually like in terms of his drafting and signing players so they go into the season well first off last season what what did you think of their season last season it was disappointing they were the one seed and they lost in the first game they played however uh i think the entire team kind of shit the bed there special teams defense shit um and they brought in Yes, Biasca, one of the better special teams coaches in the league. They brought they bring him in to address that need, but the whole team kind of shit the bed at the end of the uh, in the playoffs last year, and um, it was a disappointing end of the season, I think, because you know they were the one seed. So you now Aaron Rodgers isn't getting younger. Um, no. I don't know how many years of high-level – I mean, he's won the MVP twice in a row, so he's probably still have, like, at least three to four years of high-level play. But um, yeah, I think overall the last season was a disappointment on a team level, though. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Let's talk about what they did starting in the offseason this year. First thing they do in the draft, they draft Quay Walker – and Devontae Wyatt. They go back-to-back Georgia picks, um, six picks apart to help bolster the defense. They get Christian Watson on North Dakota State, which we were both very high on. Romeo Dobbs, our guy, um, out of Nevada. Zach Tom, the guard out, out of Wake Forest. Sean Ryan out of UCLA. To just bolster the, uh, the offensive line and add a couple wide receivers who could be something, who could not be something. Logan, what did you think of their draft? I liked it. Um, I do have a bit of – I have a few issues with it, and I'll talk about them now. Um, one, uh, Quay Walker. I like Quay Walker. 
I think he was a bit overdrafted. I am very against picking an inside linebacker in the first round. I think it's a position of lesser value in the grand scheme of things. And the uh, hit rate of inside linebackers working in the NFL that are taken in the first round is the best. So I think it's a good player, and I think he'll fit well in this system. I just didn't like where they drafted him because why don't you go get a freaking receiver? (laughs) Why? Why? Uh, He's a good – I like that pick a lot. Christian Watson, he has a lot of upside. He needs to develop, but he has the physical talent to to be a good receiver. I like Sean Ryan and Zach Tom are excellent, versatile linemen, especially on this offensive line that looks to be struggling with some injuries. Yeah. And um, Romeo Dobbs, we liked him. Fits low. But if they would have taken a guy in the first round, say – that was one of those top tier receivers, and then got Quay Walker or like Nicobe Dean or Leo Chanel in the third round. Feel I would have been much more like excited about like or felt better about this draft. But as it is, it's a good draft. Uh, I just I really wish they addressed the receiver position more. And we'll talk about the receiver position. It it's so crazy that you talk about. Um, what? Why didn't they get a receiver at that point, knowing what was going to happen a few weeks later um, with Devontae Adams leaving for the um, the Raiders? In the offseason, they re-signed Alan Lazard, signed Sammy Watkins, re-signed Russell Douglas and Devontae Campbell. They lose Devontae Adams, the Darius Smith, Billy Turner, and MVS. These are one, it's one of those situations where do the those additions help counteract those subtractions or is it an equilibrium obviously Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL Zadar Smith was uh, I think a huh I think for everyone but Devontae Adams they they replaced replaced or had a replacement in line Uh, Zadar Smith yeah he's good couldn't stay healthy though and they have Rashawn Gary so Billy Turner, he was injured, and they just drafted two offensive linemen who can possibly develop. And then who was the last guy? MVS, please. They drafted two receivers to replace him. Okay, I was like, don't don't disrespect. I am gonna disrespect him because okay. he's an average receiver and act like he's okay. a player. Okay, okay. I, buddy. I, I know what you're gonna say about fucking Alan Lazar. I'm not gonna. Okay, so Alan Lazar can't stay healthy. That's your problem with him? He's not a wide receiver one, and he can't stay healthy. I don't know if he's even a top-tier wide receiver two. He, what? No. No. <laughs> what? He's not even wide receiver three. Oh, wow. So, now, okay, let me, let me just talk about him. <laughs> wow. I, didn't, I wasn't going to go that hard. No, he's legitimately bad. Um, I think he would be a wide receiver three, a wide receiver four on most teams, except for the Bears, of course. Uh, he's not a good separator. He's not a good route runner. He is not good after the catch. He's not good as a catcher either. He's yeah, he's not good at like three things that are vital no. to a good receiver. I just looked at MVS's catch percentage and I don't like that at all. MVS or Alan Lazard? 
MVS. I, I don't know it's trash, but I want this real this quick guess what MVS's catch percentage is. Fifteen six. No, worse. Forty two. A little higher. Forty nine. Worse. He has a forty seven percent catch percentage. I, I don't I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Alan Lazard. I don't think he's good at like basic things like separation <laughs> and route running and after the catch. Um, but next year he's playing with Aaron Rodgers, and he's, he's always been playing with Aaron Rodgers. Probably what? He's always been playing with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but he's gonna be the wide receiver one, and he's gonna be a volume merchant. So I expect him to be do well. Sammy Watkins, he's a wide receiver three slash four. But he's not a consistent producer every week. Randall also, can't Cobb, stay healthy. Can't stay healthy. Yeah, uh, Randall Cobb. He's Rogers' guy, but he's old. I don't know how how many games he's gonna stay healthy. Christian Watson. He has that upside, but he's got to develop that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. Romeo Dobbs is probably wide receiver five here. How much is he gonna get on the field? Why don't I need to see Amari Rodgers? I want to see what no, Amari. Rod- Amari Rodgers is closer to not being on the fucking team than he is starting. Because he, he did nothing last year. I don't he, think he, he had the opportunity to. I don't think he had the opportunity. No, to. he had opportunities. He, he just didn't do anything with those opportunities. He was on the field for at, at least punt duty. <laughs> he couldn't even do that. So this wide receiver core is one of the worst in the league, I think. Because it's, it's, probably like, it's also slow. It's also really slow. It's a really it, slow. There is, no, there is no really like speedy receiver here. Their most speedy receiver is Aaron Jones. Like, yeah. Um. So yeah, Alan Lazard. Please don't talk to me about Alan Lazard. I, I, I'm. No, I know I picked him as a breakout candidate, but that's literally because he's gonna get all the volume. But please do not talk about about him as like a legitimate threat. You know what's sad? He would be the sixth best receiver on the Patriots right now. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I think you know it's sad. Like I don't think we're realizing. Um, yeah, you're right. We outside of Devontae Adams, they did kind of replace what they lost. But it's a situation, I guess, almost like what the Chiefs were in with Tyreek Hill. But they, but it, but they at least the Chiefs have more people that they're replacing. Devontae right. Adams had as many receiving yards as the next four receiving leaders on the Packers combined. And if you take and that includes the 391 that Aaron Jones. Um, Aaron Jones gave. So if you take away Aaron Jones and you actually just put the receiving yards of legit receivers, I think it's like it goes, you get all the way down to Amari Rogers and Devontae Adams still had more than that. Well, I think the Chiefs did a way better job of replacing Terry Kill because one, they have Travis Kelsey. Yes. Two, they have Juju, who they signed, who would literally be the wide receiver one on this team. Easily. Um, Sky Moore. What would, would McCall like, what would McCall Hardman be on this team? Probably the first or second best receiver. Yeah. Like Randall Cobb has like the chemistry with Aaron Rodgers on his side, but like McCall Hardman would probably be like your first or second option here. It's so the Chiefs did a way better job of replacing Tyreek than the Packers did Devontae Adams. So I guess what you're looking at here is well, Robert Tony is on, on the, the pup list. Well, yeah, exactly. He's Mercedes not Lewis is the fucking tight end. He was like, he's 38 years old, I'm pretty sure. Um, but you're looking at the running backs to basically carry this load because Aaron Jones, he he's got he's quick, he's got the receiving skills. And you have Aaron AJ Dillon, who's your thumper, 
probably leaning on those two guys. And hopefully, hopefully, Christian Watson can develop. And hopefully the O-line can stay healthy. Yeah. Both, you're talking about Bakhtiari and Jenkins, who are both coming off of major they're both, injuries. They're both on the pup list. Really? Both of them? Yeah. Jeez. John Rooney is good. Josh Myers needs to stay healthy as well, but he's good. Royce Newman is your weak link here, but, you know, Zach Tom and Sean Ryan could both come in. And pretty much all of these guys can play across the entire line. So yeah. they're very versatile. But if David Bakhtiari isn't there and Alvin Jenkins isn't there, you're like, oh, no, those are our two tackles. We should – because if they're – this unit is fully healthy. It's a, it's a good – it's a really good unit. Well, I think it's – yeah, it's really good. David Bakhtiari is one of the best left tackles in the – NFL, but he has to be healthy. Talk about that defense. Talk about that. The defense is really good, actually. The defense is very good. Let's talk about the front seven. The front seven is really Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, and Jerron Reed are of well, first off, Kenny Clark was really good last year. Um, Dean Lowry, Jerron Reed. I think Devontae White might get the he's probably gonna get the start next to Kenny yeah. Clark. He's he adds a lot. I those two. That's really I like that a lot. And then you got Preston Smith and Rashad. Who's really good last season? Edge. Whew. That's a front four that I don't want to mess with. Exactly. Especially Rashawn Gary, who was great last year. 28 QB hits, eight tax for loss, and nine and a half sacks. It was really good for them last year, rushing the um passer. Um, then Devondre Campbell, obviously. Quay Walker is probably gonna start he should. immediately. Uh, and again, he Packers was on the didn't uh, other than Devondre Campbell, the Packers didn't really have a lot of linebacker depth last year. No. And they did not play a lot. Like they did not put a lot of linebackers on the field other than Devontae Campbell. But I think Quay Walker being there allows them to put two linebackers on the field. Yeah. Have to do these funky packages. They only have one guy one linebacker on the field. So I like these two. I think Quay Walker taking out his draft position. Will be good next to Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell, all pro last season. He's great. Um, but this front seven, I like a lot, actually. And the secondary, I like even better. The secondary, I love. First off, Kevin King, gone. Thank goodness. Say, um, You have Eric Stokes, who's really good last season. Uh, is a straight stud. Jerry Alexander's coming back from injury. Even when he was out, you had Rasul Douglas holding it down. Yeah, fantastic year last year. <laughs> Sewell Douglas he, he had a great year. He had turnovers. Like he was, he was holding it down out there as in the slot, and it was not in the slot, but on the outside. But he will be in the slot this year, I think. But what he, Alex- he rightfully got paid because you know he did. Yeah, it. and then Jair Alexander getting, I think, the largest contract in corner in second. He's, he's an elite corner. He's yeah, elite. and then Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage holding down the um. The safety positions, you, solid, solid secondary. Adrian Amos is a consistent safety. Darnell Savage needs to be more consistent. Yes. This secondary is, I'm going to say it's the best in the league. Sorry. Yeah, I am. Please. I don't think the thing, the, my problem with them, I don't, I don't have a problem with that statement. I think the depth is something I'm worried about more. Okay, the starting unit, they're the best. There. Yeah, I could, I could. I, I'm not mad at that statement. I know who you want to say, but that's fine. Uh you don't know who I want to say. I was good. I was looking at the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens are probably top three too. The B- Bills are there too. No. 
Who's the who's the Bills' third corner? That's facts. You could put the Bron the Broncos have a really good secondary. Um no. Oh well, yeah, they have, have a good when, secondary, but like yeah, who's their third corner? When healthy, the Browns could also compete yeah. for that. I, like, I would I would just outwardly even the Bucks are still there too. Sure the Bucks are there. <laughs> but I'm still playing. I'm still playing the Packers first. I, I, I think this is a really good secondary. I'm not, I I can't. I have to look at the people. But in the depth is something I'm worried about. That's basically I'm very high on this entire defense. Me too. Me too. any injury. I think the defense is going to be the reason they win so many games. Yeah, that's. I think that's. Like Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but we are not going to forget that he had the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, but like Aaron Rodgers has made receivers and tight ends look good before. Well, yeah, of course. I just there's there's certain yeah, there's gonna sometimes be a talent. Ta- there's a talent disparity. You have to. There will be a learning curve. There will be a drop off, but Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is talented enough to make them work. I think. Except for he, Lazar. He's a lost cause. <laughs> he's, lost cause. Uh, but, you know, like, he's Aaron Rodgers, the win because QB, not the win with, you know? Right. Yeah, so, he leads teams to victory. Going into this next season, they have a over under of 10 and a half, which, okay. yeah, okay. I don't know if people think, I don't know, that could be a little low considering this is a team that won 13 games each of the last two seasons. I'm going to give them 11 wins. I'm gonna go 211. 11 to 12? Yeah. Because you have work of the NFC North. The Jets, the Giants, the football team. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. The Commanders. They have the Rams at home in December, which I think is gonna be well good for them, but they play Buffalo. At Buffalo, which and Tampa at Tampa, I think those two will be losses, but I think they can beat the Rams and the Cowboys at home for like those big matchups. But I think they'll go through the easy part of their schedule and probably split those big matchups and yeah, get to, get to 11 or 12 wins. Okay. Seems that's that's fair. That's fair. <sighs> this team is a team that, uh, I'm always high on this team. Huh? You're always high on this team. I'm always high on this team, and I don't know why. I don't know why I'm always so high. But, hey, we'll see what happens this year. Last season, the Minnesota Vikings went 8-9, and nine, um, finished second in the NFC North like they tend to do. Um, Mike Zimmer was fired after putting together a season where the defensive coach had a bottom 10 defense for the, la- the, three- the third season in, um, in a row. Rick Spielman, your favorite TikTok star, gets uh, fired as well, and they bring in a new, a new, um, a new GM. Why long name? I am blanking. Um, but Tony regime in Minnesota, but their QB gets an extension. Actually, a fully guaranteed seven million guaranteed. Actually, uh, Kirk Cousins didn't have a terrible season last year. First off. And I think he's probably one of the more overhated QBs in the NFL. Um, is he below or under the Derek Carline, Logan? He's literally like the line. 
Him and Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr are like slashed on the like it's both. I like I can't decide because like the Derek Carr line. Yeah, anyone above him is I think can lead you to a Super Bowl. And like Derek Carr slash Kirk, I, I say Derek Carr is better than Kirk Cousins, but like yeah, <laughs> they're both those guys that are like right on the cusp of you can win with, not because of. And if you have those guys, you're fine, but you probably look for an upgrade. Yes. So yeah, they're he's like right on the line. Um, I guess I would make him like the 13th or 14th or 15th best quarterback in my eyes. He's he's good. He can win. He can win games and he can put up stats and all that good stuff. But he's a bonehead sometimes, and he's not gonna. Again, he's not gonna win you games. But will a team to victory he has to have a supporting cast around him well and the thing is too the gm um Kwesi adolfo mensa has literally said like kirk cousins is good but not tom brady which yeah. is lost to say about your qb i mean it's true though. <laughs> it's true it's but, true dude, I, I think he literally and he, he walked it back saying like he was just talking about like he's like literally a riff in a question someone asked me um it was a general converse, conversation because you don't, he's saying he doesn't want to tear it down because Kirk Cousins is fine. But I'm like, yeah, you're uh, correct, but geez. I mean, who, you don't have Kirk Cousins, who do you have? Right? Exactly. No one. Their biggest, their biggest thing that, that last year was the fact that they, their offense was really good and their defense just never was anything. Um, times have passed Mike Zimmer by, I think, and the Vikings decided to go in the complete opposite direction and sign a young, young gun from the Sean McVay tree, Kevin O'Connell. Who, hey man, there's another Shanahan slash McVay system in the league. What are we on <laughs> half the league now in it? Um, uh, I think yeah, it's different than the Shanahan thing because they're gonna run like three receiver packages with a tight end, which fits this system great. And we'll talk about that when we get to the weapons, but. I don't know much about Kevin O'Connell. I don't know how much he was involved in the Rams offense and like the play calling aspect of it and designing the offense as a whole. Um, but if he's bringing that McVay system, I'm sure the offense will be at least league average or, or above average. So, yeah. So the, in the draft, basically, this was a team that kept trading back. Like, this, like if you were a Vikings fan and we watched the draft with a Vikings fan, and it was hilarious, like, how much they kept trading back. I, well, I wanted them to take an elite corner. I think I had also, I thought I, um, Kyle Hamilton would fall to them. Um, they ended up getting a corner in the second round, which I wasn't mad at. First pick in the, the last pick in the draft they took in the first round, they picked Lewisine. Okay. Uh, they get Ed Ingram as well, Brian Osmond. They... Technically filled every need they needed. They had to, but not with the right players, in my opinion. Oh, I, I, I agree. I mean, I like I like Lucien. Um, he's good. Andrew, and I like I liked ABJ as well. He fell. I think he had an injury though. I think that's yes. And I don't know. We didn't really know that. I don't think anyone really knew that. Like in the scouting, people who were scouting him. So, uh. Hopefully that's not too bad of an injury because he did fall because of it. So, but if he does play, that's a good pick. I like that. Ed Ingram, eh, 
Yeah. Okay, sure. Brian Asamoah. I actually hated this pick, to be honest. With you. <laughs> they tra- they drafted him over Nicobe Dean and Leo Chanel. Yes, like yes. Those they did. two linebackers were on the board. Like I, I told you, they filled the need with the wrong players. That's right. that's I, literally I don't it. understand that at all. Um, but you know, hey, they addressed some needs. It's it was a disappointing draft, I guess. But oh well. Well, it, this this team underachieved a lot last season. They basically felt they collapsed in a lot of games. So I guess what they felt was, you know, we don't need somebody really right now to come in. But that's what they, their mentality has been the last three years. And it's what's been stopping them from taking the next step. It's like, yeah, we're good enough. So we're going to take the next step. But you never do. So what's happening? Well, that's why they got a regime change. Because Mike Zimmer was not going to make that happen. But this regime change comes a better offense, hopefully. And I actually I quite like this group of weapons they got going here. Yeah, but before we get into the weapons, let's talk about the in free agency. They actually didn't even add on the they didn't do they did exactly what we've been they, we've been wanting them to do for the last couple of years and get better on the defensive end. They added to Darius Smith, Jordan Hicks, um, Hester Phillips, and they obviously get seen Booth and um, Asamoah in the um, draft to replace Xavier Woods, who was aging. Um, Cole on the offensive line, Nick Vigil, who was okay, um, not good, Tyler, and Tyler Coughlin. But their weapons on – I don't think this, this team leaves – it leaves a lot to be desired, but I don't think it's actually as, like, shit as some people think. Uh, I think weapons are actually pretty darn nice. Their, we- their weapons are great. Dalvin Cook, mm, he's great. You I love Dalvin Cook. I love Dalvin Cook, man. He's a he's always a fantasy mainstay for me. But but like I like him beyond fantasy too. Um, okay, whatever you say. Good receiving back. He does struggle to stay healthy. He does, but he's been but he's so great. He's so explosive. He's such a home run threat, and I love him. And I think I would say he's wide receiver, not wide receiver, running back four for me. Um, really? Okay. Alexander Madison. He's hey, Matt had, did really well last year. He's a really nice backup. Every time he comes in and plays for Dalvin Cook, he, he's performed well. And I think they're a good one-two punch. Wide receivers? Oh, Justin Jefferson? They have the second-best wide receiver in the league. Uh, two. two he, uh, will be, he will be number one at the end of the year. He's three right now, in my opinion. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. At the end of the year, he's going to be one. Well, first off, he says he wants to be the first wide receiver with 2,000 yards. He will. I think he will. Like, fine. He's gonna ascend to levels that we have never <laughs> seen yet, and I I think he will be the best wide receiver by the end of the year, and I think the offense is gonna go through him. It's gonna go through him. But Adam Thielen also, if he can stay healthy, I think he's also a very good receiver. And if you look at this, it's the Ram system. So who's going to fill that quote-unquote Cooper Cup role? I think Thielen is more equipped to play that big slot role as a physical receiver and other as opposed to Jeff- Justin Jefferson playing. Well, he needs to just stay healthy. Yeah, he does. But if he can stay healthy and play in the slot and be that Cooper Cup-esque role, oh, look out for him too. I think KJ Osborne is a solid wide receiver three. So. He, he was really good last year. 
And then, oh, I just love these Vikings players so much because we got Irv Smith, my guy, breakout candidate last year, got injured, but he's breakout candidate again. <laughs> it's happening. I'm telling you, it's happening. He's a perfect fit for this wide zone offensive scheme who like that they, that they like to utilize undersized tight ends that are athletic. Boom. Irv Smith, perfect. Breakout season. Calling it now. Jeez. Yeah, I'm excited about this Vikings offense. Oh. Not this offensive line, though. This offensive line is it. it well, Christian Darisaw, year I think year two or year three. Year two for him, he needs to develop and pass. Yes, he does. As most of this offensive line does, um, I think he will. Ezra Cleveland needs to develop and pass protection. He's all right. Garrett Bradbury, he needs to develop and pass protection, or he's going to be a bust. First yeah. round. At right guard position, question marks. You got Jesse Davis potentially. Or Eddie Ingram. And then Brian O'Neill, he's good. He's probably your own, he's probably your best lineman. Oh, he is your best lineman. Um, and he's good. But other than him, a lot of question marks, a lot of development needed, especially in pass protection. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll I guess we'll wait and see on that. But you know, skill skill players, I think are gonna elevate this team. Pass this poor offensive line. On to defense. Defense, Logan. This is this is this is the this is the position that they've never improved on. Uh, interior wise, I think they have a nice group. Dalvin Tomlinson is good. They brought in Harrison Phillips, who's a really good run defender. So I like those two. Um, their ends, their edge rushers. If they are healthy, which has a big if, because Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith have both struggled with injuries, and you probably guarantee they miss at least a month of football. Yeah. If they're healthy, they are a top-tier pass rush duo. I agree. If they are injured, this – Edge group sucks. It's bad. No, you're right. Because first off, they have um you got some developmental guys pretty much. Jalen Jalen Twyman. We've been I I I don't know yet. And Patrick Jones, who they took. Yeah, P. Jones. So if the if either of them goes down, this group goes from like a top 10 unit to like bottom 10 unit. So that's and you can almost guarantee that one of them is going to miss time because they both have. Yeah. That's a bit of a question mark. And then linebacker, Jordan Hicks is a solid, solid linebacker. I'm glad they brought him over. Eric Kendricks, one of the best linebackers in the league, but he is also getting up there. Consistently missed time. Yeah. And he's probably going to miss at least, like, he's missed time and he could probably miss time again next year. So who's going to come in? Brian Asamoa. Who's not very good in coverage. Um, so the depth here, once you get past that star power, is a bit questionable and worries me because you do have three guys who have consistently missed time. Yeah. Year. And you don't have a lot of depth. So that's mm, a little bit of a question mark. Secondary. I like the secondary. Um, I like Cam Dantzler. Some people don't. I don't know why. But he's a breakout candidate for me. Patrick Peterson, 
He's also aging, but he's he's solid. Yeah, he is solid. And you have Andrew Booth, who hopefully the injury isn't too serious and he slots in there. And then Harrison Smith is obviously great. And it's either Lewis Seen or Cameron Bynum, who was a guy that we both liked coming out of school for that other safety position. So I don't it's a good group. A lot of you need development again from Dantzler and Booth and Scene and Bynum. And you know, we don't know if you're gonna get that, but I like I like the secondary. I this think defense, this defense is fully healthy, it's good. If it's, it's the defense, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's all about health. With if this, anyone goes down, <laughs> it's over. It's gonna be bad. If like or any of those like star players go down, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> their their schedule outside of their um division schedule is not favorable either. Um, they're out. Of, they they play the Saints. They play Miami. They play the Cardinals, Buffalo, Dallas, Indy. And I guess that's it, but Philly, that's a, that's a 12.30 a.m. They play, um, 12, I'm so confused. 12.30 a.m. On a Tuesday. What the fuck, what are you looking at? <laughs> Is that a- what are you looking at? Sir. I'm on ESPN. What game are you talking about? Um, I'm looking at their week two game against the Eagles. That's on a Monday, bro. Oh, this thing has a... Wait, what the fuck? Yeah, it's on, <laughs> it's on a Monday. Good? good? It says Tuesday, September 20th at Philly, 12.30 a.m. September 19th. It has to be a typo. It has to be what, a... What's your over-under? My oh, they're over under, which is I was surprised to see it this high. Um, actually, um, their over under is nine and a half. Oh, okay, that is that is interesting. They're giving, I think Kirk Cousins has a damn near all pro season, and I think they get ten wins. I'm gonna go under. (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh jeez. No, let me explain. Let me explain. Uh, I like their offensive line. I think they're going to do really good things. But you're counting on a lot of development for your offensive line. And you're counting on guys to stay healthy on the defense. And there's like a 90% chance that one of their stars gets injured. So I'm going to say eight to nine wins. Okay. And I think they can be in the contention for a one of those final playoff spots in the NFC. But... I, I don't think I can put them at 10. I can't put them at over yet. But, okay. My, uh, I get that. I get that. All right. Well, you know, you've always been high on the Vikings. So just I'm always high on the Vikings. Just the, brand. I'm just consistent. I'm consistent, you Andrew know? your brand. Of course. Of course. You know, i got to stay loyal. Always. Yeah. Well, Logan, that has been the NFC North. It's such a, again, not hard of a division to predict, and it's definitely not a division where – there's going to be a lot of surprises, but this year I'm gonna I'm gonna be very interesting interested in it for sure. I feel like the NFC North, it's it literally finishes the same every year. It's sometimes. gonna be the Vikings, Packers at the top, and the Lions and Bears at the bottom. It just depends on how they finish. <laughs> exactly, pretty much. Um, but I'm gonna be very excited to see certain players play, and I'm gonna for sure watch every Lions game as much. Right, as I'm. I'm a, I think the Lions will definitely improve, and I'm excited to see that. And I think the Vikings have a shot at that seventh seed. 
And I'm pretty con- like those two are the teams that I'm like, eh, I don't know, like fully, but I'm confident the Bears will be a top five pick. And I'm confident that the backers will be a playoff team. So, probably, and Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be an MVP conversation again. Right. Just how this how it is. Well, this has been how the world turns. I need to plug us out first. Don't, don't, don't exit. Don't outro yet. Um, now, now you just messed up my groove. Make sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel. Like, comment, tell us we're wrong, tell us we're right, please. You know, I've seen a lot of people tell me I'm wrong. I'd love to hear it. You uh, love to hear that you're wrong. I love to hear them tell me I'm wrong. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to say. I, I, like... I just want some good old-fashioned sports discussion. You just want to you want to get in a Twitter argument. That's what I, I feel know. like. Is it too much to ask to just have some good sports dis- discourse? Is that too much to ask for? We should make a Discord. Okay, I guess we can do that. Um, follow us on Spotify. Um, follow us on Twitter at Sports and TikTok. Follow us on Twitter personally at Logan Borkian and Noah underscore Deej, where Noah constantly pisses me off. Yep. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's it? I thought it was shut down. Huh? I thought it was turned off. It's not turned off. Uh, all content on sixsportsnetwork.com. Bam. I mean, it is technically shut off, but let them know. Go look at our turn off website. <laughs> well, this has been the Stick to Sports podcast where our fans are the only ones that matter. It was Noah. It was Logan. The, uh, I... I hate picking a linebacker in the first round. Okay. A, a linebacker or inside linebacker? Outside linebackers are basically edge rushers at this point. So when I say linebacker, assume I mean inside. Okay, my fault. This is the Thank you for listening.